This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode two, from the battlefield to the boardroom to the bedroom. And I have my beautiful co-host, Tammy. Tammy Ann. That's kind of pretty. <laughs> Taylor. I'm Taylor today. Tammy, when you make me be a Tammy. Sorry for all those Tammies out there. Think Melissa McCarthy in the movie Tammy. So my beautiful co-host, Taylor, back with me. Diving into a few things. We've had a busy, busy, busy couple weeks. The last episode we recorded was probably two or three weeks ago now, but it went live this past week. So we're going to kind of dive into the last couple of weeks, what we've been doing. The Battle Biz Summit was a big piece of the last multiple couple of weeks, but we're going to kind of dive into Taylor very terribly wrote several things on a piece of paper. I'm going to try to translate those for y'all. I, I can definitely talk about it, baby. And then we're going to Just talk a little bit about some of the stuff we're working on. So do you want to dive right into that? Is that where we're going? We can do that and I can go over it. We got it. So today's what, the 15th, 16th of August? It is the 16th. 16th of August. A week and a half ago, we had the Battle Biz Summit. Okay. A lot of eye-opening situations and events and happenstances during the biggest event I've put on for sure, most expensive event I've put on for sure. And it was a big party and it was a massive splash. I think it hit my desired effect of what I wanted to accomplish. But overall, you were a superstar on stage. All the feedback, the workout at Mercedes-Benz. That was so fun. The Dueling Piano event. That was so fun. That is our... That's, that's the Dueling Piano was like crushed. They were so good. I did sing, uh, what's the song? What's our song? Shallow. Shallow. Ooh, ooh. That is not our song. We love that movie. And I always sing it to you. Yep. Check our IG reel. But your first note, Summit Reflection, the big event. Tell us a little bit about what you wanted to talk about with the big event. So obviously we're talking about, I mean, the, the name of the podcast is from the battlefield to the boardroom to the bedroom. So you guys kind of have an idea, especially from episode one. The big event really honed in on all three of those topics and aspects. The summit in general was, I mean, it was close to perfect. Everybody warned you, especially for your big splash. Everybody warned you about, oh my God, shit's going to hit the fan and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really feel that. I mean, we did have a speaker go to the ER. That's true. And we did we have did. a couple party animals crash our party. I don't say it on camera, but I'm not sure. We'll use his quote unquote fake name, Jake, with the boys. Got it. <laughs> oh, he's a character. I love that guy. Okay. I see. I see. What so you're there saying. are a few things that happened. He's doing guy things. Yeah. 100%. Okay. The boys were definitely doing guy things. Yeah. So there was fun, a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. But, but, but we did have a speaker go to the ER. He he's tripped and fell. A warrior. Yeah. Brian Bogert, we love you. God, we do. But we are going to make fun of you in the same breath. What? No. Yeah. He tripped and fell. It's kind of funny. You know what? He got up. And then he wrote a novel text message. That and was the longest text message I've ever seen. It's amazing on stage how he met. I don't know if she was a nurse. I don't know what her position was, but she was a Marine. And like shared that story that he had like four hours prior to just showing up on stage I was just like, wow, you got all that out of being in pain and your leg is like gashed open and there's like three gunshot wounds right beside you in the waiting room. And then you're learning this story about this lady and you guys have this bond. And it's just how he gathered all of that into one beautifully mastered text novel. Yeah, but no on stage. <laughs> he, the way he flowed yeah. with it was he is phenomenal. Yeah. He's a phenomenal speaker. He has a phenomenal I think awareness about him is the best word, right? Sorry, I keep forgetting to do the camera, but at the end of the day, the snippets aren't going to come of me, so it's better for you to be on camera. You're beautiful. Until we go to like YouTube, when we publish this on YouTube. Anyways, 
he's like a really great, I think, perspective on objectivity. It's like the best way to describe Brian. He's able to like take it. Honestly, the way I see it, he's like a, you know, in Marvel, when the Sorcerer Supreme before, I'm going so nerdy, before Doctor Strange, they go back in time to get the time, the stones, and the Hulk walks in and she does like the out of body experience and talks to Bruce Banner while the Hulk's over there, like just chilling, like yeah. the astral projection stuff that they have in a lot of the. Okay, for those of y'all out there that have seen... Why am I drawing a blank right now? I've watched all Marvel movies like 100 times So each. Doctor Strange, they, he had several astral projector moments. And then they have the capability of like knocking the astral form out of you. Yes. And they float around, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I see Brian Bogart. Wow. He has the capability of like having like an out-of-body experience of yeah. perspective, perspective okay. objectivity of events. And he's just smiling. Yeah. You're like, wow, I want to be you when I grow up. He's a great hugger. He's just a good guy. Yeah. Like, I got off the stage and, like, walked quietly. This is where I feel, I don't know if introverted is the right word, but I'm, like, looking down and, like, there's nobody in the room. And then I get off stage and he's like, phenomenal job. I'm like, thank you so much. Like, hobbled over to me. His leg is gashed <laughs> and he looks like somebody just tried to beat him. He's in pain and he's got it, like, rested on a suitcase. I'm just like, you don't have to get up. But by the time I looked up, he was already there. Hopping over. Yeah. And he stood by me and just was like phenomenal. Just smiling. I'm like, you're the best, dude. So I don't know. Shout out to Brian. That being said, I know you had other intentionality of speaking about the big event. Yeah. So obviously we want to talk about our relationship and give you guys not only nuggets and takeaways. This is a perfect example. And I guess situation, learning opportunity, especially for those who were there, who were a part of, saw, witnessed, loved it. I don't know how you wouldn't love it, but kind of going from the business piece into the relationship piece, the summit was a great way. And I've seen this multiple times and experienced it multiple times, more so with you, because when I was younger and going to conferences and stuff, I didn't really absorb that stuff. So now that I'm adult, an adult, it's easy to kind of observe and see. So I was kind of taken by surprise and there was a lot of great things. And there was a lot of things that me and my observant self saw that I was just taken back. And I don't know if it's a value system or belief system thing that I'm so strong on. And there's a lot less empathy attached for me personally towards an individual who is in a relationship. A lot of things that I witnessed, I was just like, I still love you where you're at, but I also am like, I would never do that. And never is a really strong word that you shouldn't use. I say shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. But I can't find it in me to be that person. So all that being said, to make it a little bit more concise, I think a big piece of what we observed was how much we enjoy being together at events. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were several couples that weren't together, mm-hmm. significant others that didn't travel or even local that didn't necessarily attend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the biggest highlight that you were getting at is being side by side with, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but really talking about the integrated life. Yeah. We're showing up for each other. We're present for each other. Not always in pretty situations when... I got the phone call that Brian was in the ER and had spent all night in the ER and was like, and Grady, if y'all know Atlanta at all, who went to Grady of all places? So literally the trauma center of the South. It's like the trauma center. <laughs> yes. The okay. trauma center of the South. Like that's not like a joke. The trauma center of the South, all the bad shit goes there. Yep. And Brian having no idea caught an ambulance to Grady. Poor guy. And there was one specific incident where when I'm on the phone with that, like I snapped at you pretty pretty hard. But overall, even through that, like you were there supporting, doing the things, moving my driver's seat. He hates that. Drives me nuts. He's just trying to help the guy. I feel like, all right, dudes, dudes, like let's talk man to man for a second. They can't talk back. When your girl takes your truck and moves your seat, tell me that's not the most frustrating thing ever. But what's worse than that 
say our chance, I'm not saying this is acceptable. I'm not defending that I snapped at you, but say perchance you're on the phone. One of your boys and one of the speakers of your summit is in the ER and you walk up to see your girl moving your seat. Oh my God. That is the replay in my mind is like, I'm on the phone. Oh shit. Brian's in the ER. I'm worried. And I see you hitting the button to move my seat. And I'm like, don't do that. Rage. I got so annoyed instantly. Let me just give some context behind this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no context is needed. No, no there's I was context. wrong. I was wrong. Thank you. I was wrong. That, that's the context needed. I was wrong for snapping at you. Yeah. And <laughs> I almost threw out the beer. Here's word. the butt. And this is butt. I feel like a lot of guys out there will empathize with that. But they don't have context. And there's the butt. Well, the context is I asked you to do something. Like 3,000 things. I was like, got you, baby. And you did, you were doing it all. Out. But what I didn't ask you to do was move my seat. Donnie was squished. Donnie is Love a Donnie. short little Marine. Nobody cares. Pack his crayons in the back Donnie of the truck. back. He, he changed the subject when he snapped him. He's like, so guys, Pack, what no, are you going to do later? Yeah. <laughs> Pack the Marine in the back seat with his crayons. He can rub his knees on the back of my seat. You're I don't awful. care. How dare you? He would he agree. Knows. Yeah, he's. But he, he would totally be on my side on this one. He would. He's going to laugh at Except he, he's going to laugh at it. And he's gonna be like, yeah, if my wife moved the tractor seat he on my farm. Elizabeth like that. She would be like, I will murder you right now. On the farm. He'd probably yeah, get he fed would, to the, the pigs. Goat, she would leave him for the goats. The pigs. It's not the goats. It's the pigs. Yeah, goats wouldn't eat. Not that I know about the... Yeah, I do know what you're I saying. I know. You're Let's Italian. just stop that right now. All right. So, anyways, there were a couple moments <laughs> of high anxiety. Yeah. But you still showed up. And then you got on stage. I feel like I showed up for you pretty well. I was surrounding your speaking opportunity. You did amazing checking on me let me just throw out there before we get into this i know we're rambling a bit so i'll speed up everyone there was so supportive i think one of the most rewarding things and one of the many was being able and this is just obviously i felt this in the audience but while on stage this is where it really hit you look people in the eye eyes and <laughs> as you scan the room a bunch of cyclopses in the there room. you go <laughs> and looking up at you and the light is shining and you know, you're telling something that's been really, really hard in your life and, you know, sharing your story and you see that they're rooting for you. They don't have to say it, but you can just like look into the, their eyes and see that they're like, I'm on your team. I'm rooting for you. The way that you're rooting for them when they're up there, or when they're walking around, you want the good for them. You want them to win. And it's like so rewarding to see the same in other people, because unfortunately, I feel like so many people say and feel that that's so rare in this world. And that was one of the biggest things that I absolutely loved about your summit. It was like, no beef. Everybody wanted you to win, no matter who you were. And I could be naive in that. I could be naive. You're not naive. I think there were people I perceived differently. I think there were a couple people that... I picked out of being, I think the best word is snobby. This is where I would say I'm not naive. That's where I don't even, I don't acknowledge that. Right. That. Uh, it was on, on a much higher level on my end as the host. I saw a couple things, but overall, I think the culture of battle and what we're building, you, Casey, Dave, Nate, the culture that we've built over the last year is very inclusive. We had somebody flying from Canada to attend that never met anybody in person. So sweet. And she gave one of the best compliments talking about how she felt very welcome. It was her first business conference. She didn't know what to expect. She hadn't met anybody before in person and she not once felt unwelcome. That's so important. That's such a great compliment. I think that's a big piece about you underlined the us mentality over here. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big piece of the environment I wanted to create. And I felt like that was accomplished really well. And I, we hunted on that on your last podcast. And that was one of the biggest things that I loved about coming into your business world and seeing your people just, I say your people. I mean, you're one of them. Our now. people. And it is your people. You've, you're the one that drew the car. But like, we are one. We're all one. 
but your people, you started it, you have led and they just, the way they show up with you for you. And that's like correlates into a relationship. I just think that's so beautiful and so special. So it was nice to see that. And nice to see people who are first timers that had the courage and were brave and being there. Cause a lot of that wasn't easy. It's never easy. Whether you listen to a speech and it hits different. We all know what I'm saying there. You're like, frick, I don't want to cry right now. Or makes you really happy. And there's the fun moments. And then there's the boring moments. Like the reality of it is there's all the emotions attached. But the us mentality can go so many ways. I think the us mentality was there from the relationship perspective of how your people showed up, how they were ready to get on stage. They were... I mean, to be fair, Dave flew in from Tahoe for 72 hours right. and turned back around. I mean, Rob. Rob. Travis, Travis. Flew in from... He was in New York for a week. Flew from New York to us to back home in Vegas. Brian came from yeah. Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Steven, the way... And granted, they were... Our Frenchy Canadians. We love them so much. But they were on so there's a time to be on and there's a time to be off we are on a lot they were on so much i know you can't put a lot of expectation on people especially people that you've never met if i had an expectation like i'm not saying i'm saying this respectfully if i had an expectation i didn't know what to expect by far would have exceeded it by i can't even describe because of how on they were at every moment it didn't matter how tired they got every moment that could possibly be it was just fascinating to watch but i don't think anybody caught my joke about calling them my frenchies the whole weekend no they didn't. like my frenchies like, really like my, my family has frenchies yeah that went really south nobody knows that yes. maybe your mom i don't think anybody caught it it was kind of funny though they're like my little frenchies that, yeah, you that was like a you and pocket. casey moment and she didn't even get it i know poor thing we love you casey anyways but back to the comment of the us mentality and kind of we all observed is how we showed up and we continue to show up no matter how small or big the event is. I think that obviously we're all human. We have lives. We have things to take care of, whether it is solo or together, whether you work a nine to five or you're an entrepreneur, but seeing the us mentality is so rewarding and how we show up for each other. Even if it isn't all, it's never unicorns and rainbows. There's moments, but we did pretty freaking well. And that was hard, but hard in a good way. I loved being there for you, with you, for us. And it just goes to show that like, it does work when you show up for each other. Even the time where you were like, hey, I'm tired, let's go to bed. I'm like, but we have all these people in front of us, which is usually actually opposite. You're like, no, I'm tired. We need to, like, we need to go to bed. I'm like, okay. So we went and wake up and... And everybody else stayed up for three more hours. Yes, you could definitely see it. That happens <laughs> at every summit. <laughs> Every summit. And I, and I knew, I knew. So that was like the big thing is I knew people were going to stretch the limit mm -hmm. of staying up. We had to be on because we're the king and queen of battle, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to be on just as much as Chris and Steven were. So like, I knew like, it's time to go to bed. It was 11, 1130. So I mean, it wasn't early by any means, but I'm like, I'm like zonking on the sofa in the lobby of the hotel. It's like, yeah, it's time to go to bed. Not yeah. that I'm like, hey, we're going to bed. It's like, you were no. like mid conversation, like semi snoring. I'm like, ooh, yeah, yikes. let me cover this combo. I'm going to just cover his face and like yeah. just put my head in front of his. Well, we were on a sofa and I'm like, oh, yeah, pillow time. And I almost laid over on you. Yeah. Except I was leaned over a couch and like in a cartwheel position for some odd reason. Yeah. You're awkward. I know. I am. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, it just goes to show like, we did everything that we possibly could in our capacity, mm -hmm. especially with you hosting the event to be together. And it wasn't too much. You were like, I need you to go here. I need you to do this. There are a lot of moments where we weren't together, but we were together. We were there at the event for the bigger mission. I think that goes to show no matter how small or big the event is, it's like, are you influencing your partner? Do you have, the, and I hate, you know, a lot of podcasters and people and leaders and speakers say you shouldn't have expectations, but I mean, this might be me being spoiled and you being spoiled is like, I do have the expectation for you to show up for me. And I, I hate that whole don't have expectations and you'll never be disappointed. I hate that. I understand what you're I saying. I think it's like a terrible, I think that's like such a terrible mindset to have. Oh, just don't have expectations in life and you'll never be disappointed. You'll never have the assumption of, I don't like that. I don't know why it doesn't sit well with me. And 
are there circumstances that disappoint me? Are there people absolutely that disappoint me? For sure. But why would I go into something without expectation? And it, it extends all the way into giving without expectation, networking without expectation, giving value without expectation. Like it extends so far because I feel like there's a boundary there that people lack. There's no context of the boundary that you need to create around that, right? You give so much of yourself, mm-hmm. you never refill, but you keep giving and you never create the boundary of I don't have any more to give. Yep. So you burn yourself out on things yeah. or people get used to it and you've called me on it. You're spoiling the kids, but they're used to it. So how do you back up? Mm-hmm. Right. Spoiling the kids is in clients and I give, 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 don't create a boundary and my time, my capabilities end up being taken advantage of that whole not having expectations thing, I think is a trap. And if you don't provide the context around keeping, maintaining accountability of those boundaries, not having expectations is like a really bad setup for a lot of people. And I think that comment can be taken so many different directions because thinking of the people who have said it, I'm like, it doesn't seem like that person, especially what they talk on. But I think it is. it goes to the level of importance of the person in your life. So for example, you're extremely important in my life, obviously. And I'm extremely important in your life. We are one. So hosting an event, going to an event, it's automatic that like if I can physically be there or in some capacity contribute, I'm going to be there. If I'm not there, people would probably assume that I'm dead. And granted, that's our lives. We've integrated that. But a lot of our people, and I it can't, this isn't me saying this disrespectfully. It's more of like a, I don't know if this is just like a thing that's normal, but I couldn't imagine it being normal in our world. It's like, we have so many events and we go to so many events that aren't ours and we're so many places all the time and we're together. And sometimes that is our time. And I see so many people at those events that don't have a significant other, or they do have a significant other, but they're never with them or they never show up for them with them. And it's like, why? Like, oh, you know, he just, she or he doesn't want to come or this isn't their thing. It's not their thing. It's not I their hear thing. That so much. And I'm like, I understand that. And, no, and I, I don't, I do, that. I do I to an extent. However, in a relationship, you make sacrifices and you learn to love what your partner loves. And if you don't, it is really hard to grow with the person. And that goes both ways. That goes both ways. If you were working a nine to five and I was an entrepreneur or vice versa, and I had, I'll say I'm the nine to five and you're the entrepreneur and you're hosting 10 events a month. And unfortunately I have to be late to all of those because of my job. At least I'm showing up or I miss three out of the 10. Like I'm doing pretty damn good because maybe my work goes late on some of those, but I'm still trying and making an effort and showing up. There's been multiple occasions where the significant other has, we, we don't even know who they are. We've never met them. We've never, and I feel for the person. I'm like, what the hell? Also, we only have a one-sided story. So that's where I come into like, are you actually like involving them? Are you asking them? Are you influencing them in the right direction? And when they do try, if they are trying, are you rejecting that? That's a really good piece that you brought up the other day. I think I did it to you. I've done it to you before. I'm guilty of it. You know, there's, times where, you know, I was like, Hey, I wish you would do this more communicated that I wanted certain things or had certain needs from you that I wanted from you or needed from you. And, you know, when you, it finally clicked, right. Cause it doesn't always click. You can't assume. And that's a hard piece of a relationship and you tried. And then I said, kind of like, don't worry about it. That was your piece of like trying. And then I rejected you. So why would you want to come back and try it again? So there's like so many avenues to take on that. I think you're not giving enough context. I think I want this part to be very understood because it's something that we've emphasized. And I think it's something that could also allow finger pointing. Right. And I, this is where I don't understand. If your partner is getting on a stage and you are sitting at the house, you're wrong. 
Plain and simple. If your partner's hosting an event and you're sitting at the house and you don't have kids, if you have kids, right, that might be a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? If you have kids, you have other responsibilities, you're not at work, you're not required to be somewhere else, and you're sitting at the house and your partner's doing something like putting the, by putting themselves out there mm-hmm. and you're not present, you are wrong. Yes, I agree. And that's a really big thing for me, and it's a big thing for you, but it's also a big thing of where very few people I've ever been with have I even opened the door to allow them to have the capability to show up for me there. Same. Because I knew they wouldn't. Interesting. I mean, at the end of the day, I've dated some nine-to-fivers that don't belong in the world. They don't belong at the club. They don't belong at entrepreneurial level events they can't network they can't socialize they just don't fit so it's one of those that very quickly to me gets highlighted it's probably not going to work out that's interesting okay so you don't include them right but it's also a boundary for me i think boundary might be the wrong word it has become an expectation of who i'm with like if you're going to be my partner you're going to be a part of this world. If you're not an entrepreneur and a business owner, that's fine. You're still going to have to be a part of the world because I'm traveling so much. I'm gone so much. If you can't hang, we're not going to see each other. And I want to see my person more than that. Right. So it's something that initially you were not of the entrepreneurial world. Mm -hmm. Initially in the first few months, I never invited you into my world. Right. But then it became a more serious thing between us, more conversations. Hey, I want you to come to this event, that event. You came to one of my workshops. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. That was kind of the first step because you offhand mentioned one day you were kind of getting the entrepreneurial bug again. Right. You kind of mentioned you were interested in something. And I'm like, oh, man, you said you struggled on this topic. I happen to be having a workshop next month on this topic. I'd love for you to be there. Mm-hmm. And you showed up. Yeah. Right. And peasy. that was the month before we launched your company. Mm-hmm. And then you became part of this world. Right. But you have that mentality, whether or not you'd started your own business, you still have the mentality to show up. And that is so necessary, I believe, for a successful relationship, successful business. That spousal support is huge. I think it goes into like even parenting. Like, it sounds really weird coming out. It's like, you wouldn't miss a kid's game on purpose. Mm. You wouldn't. Mm. If you had a kid. We have a different stance on this one. We've talked about it. If you had a kid, and if we had a kid, like, if you had a kid, we had a kid, and you were sitting on the couch. Yes. Like, you would not miss. That's a non-negotiable. Right. If I'm just at home chilling. Yeah. No. That's that's wrong. So wrong. If you're traveling and you're working and you're providing, that's like, that's what you're doing. You're being the hero for the family and I'm being the hero in in my way for the family and vice versa. If I'm traveling and working and you're taking the kid to football practice or whatever that looks like, then that's what we're doing. Like, that's how a family runs. That's how a relationship runs. You support each other. And no different than like, if I'm getting on stage, you're like right there with me. Like, Hey baby, how we doing? Like you're fucking pumping me up. And that's like what you do. It's, I think it's what you should do. That's what you do. That is that is an expectation. But but between us, I am highly surprised, and I feel for those people. And I'm not. This isn't me. Like, don't justify the statement. It's not me saying go break up with your partner. I don't know the situation. Like I said, don't justify the statement. It's a fair statement. But it is hard for me to understand because I kind of like lean in and say, "Oh, cool. What are they doing? Like, that's you know, I'm sorry they're not here, but like, what are they doing? What do they have going on? Yes, like I'm curious." It's not me being nosy. It's like, oh, well, like, what did they do this weekend? In, in our world, the partner's doing something significant enough to not be there. Yes. And that sitting might mean house, kids, right. right? It's not very sitting at the house or chilling with the boys or like having wine night with the girls. It's like, that's not important. Sorry. I don't care what freaking holiday it is. You're there for your person. And like, you celebrate with them, for them, with them. It is a us mentality. So for me, it was a really hard thing to see a lot of that, especially at the summit. And I'm like, yeah. where's everyone's partner? And, and there were a lot of partners there 
And there were a lot of partners that couldn't be there because of like significant reasons. There were two people I want to highlight and we don't have to name names because they're not clients and you wouldn't be able to readily point to them. Okay. There are two people in particular and they'll know who we're talking about. And they're probably going to be the only people that know, but besides the two of us okay, that wanted to be so involved and so engaged, they came to the workout at Mercedes Benz and then went to a local like planet fitness to shower and change. Oh my God. To show up on time for the first speaker Saturday morning, which was I me. I love them. I was the first speaker Saturday morning. Yep. They didn't want to miss it. Yep. They didn't want to miss the doors opening. Mm -hmm. So they literally found a local gym. That's something you, I mean, you would do it, but you wouldn't love doing it. You don't love showering at gyms. You don't love not being in a comfort zone. So it became something that was such a special thing that, wow, y'all got here really quick. Y'all beat us here. Oh, yeah, we just stopped at the YMCA, whatever, wherever they went. We just stopped at the Planet Fitness, showered real quick, but wanted to be sure we were here on time. And they did the workout, smiled, thanked us. We're so excited. They were like, I'm sorry I have to leave and can't help you clean up. I'm like, I never had an expectation for you to help me clean up. Thank you for being here and being present together as a couple. Yes. And like, and, but what I want to highlight the most about that, keep forgetting to change the camera. What I want to highlight the most about that. I love that you're highlighting them, by the way. Like, oh, so special. Got to. You have to. Because just as strong as I see the people that showed up to that level, I also saw the people that didn't. There were people that had to be convinced to show up and only showed up for an hour. There were speakers, I won't name names, but I'm disappointed in them. There were speakers that only showed up for their time slot to speak, mm -hmm. and they were not the highest level speaker. They were not the highest profile speaker, and they were not the highest revenue generating speaker, yet they showed up less than. And to me, that is a massive reflection on how you operate. Yeah. Right? Beyond that, there are people that... I'm going to use this very, I'm going to be very broad in this statement. There were people that promised to be present, people that were given tickets, didn't even buy tickets, didn't show up, didn't reach out, didn't apologize for not being present, but were included in the headcount and probably have no awareness of the fact that they were included in a headcount. And they were made room for, and they were counted on showing up. And if you can't show up, one of the strongest beliefs, and I put it in an email to our crew the other day, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. And what I love about that couple we're talking about that took a shower at the local gym, yes. how you do that, oh, you're going to do that? I fully believe you're going to show up like that in everything. Mm -hmm. to the people that didn't show up and their name tags were still sitting on that damn table at the end of the weekend. And they didn't even show up at all when they promised they guaranteed they asked, Hey, I would love a ticket. I might not can afford it. Or if you'll comp it, I'll show up. And I made those secessions. Sure. I got you. As long as you show up, I'll make sure you have a spot. And then they didn't show up. Those names are in my mind as well. I don't blame you. And those are the people that are not my people. If that's who you are as an individual, I'm not for it. Go away. I will not ask you again. I will not seek you out again. And be very mindful if you ever come to me with an ask. Because that's the first thing I'm going to bring up. And it is going to be very blunt. It's going to be respectful. But I'm going to highlight, hey, you lied to me. You have no integrity attached to showing up to something that was so important for me because you promised to me, directly to me, that you're going to be there. I uh, completely agree. Um, That's a little bit... I'm, I'm a little no, bit, I'm you can take my, that personal. Um, I'm, I'm the same way. A lot of people are like, don't take business personal. I'm like, no, because I know how hard I will work for you and with you and how, how hard I, I will appreciate you. Yes. I am so passionate yes. about what I do and how I can do it and how I can serve. And then if you am giving you something like I'm thirsty. Oh, if I'm <laughs> holding my hands out for you yep. and 
you're asking for them and I'm giving you everything. And then you just like, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm going to take that shit personal. I'm not going to cry about it, but I'm going to note it noted. So, so hang on. You just brought something forward for me. And it's not that I'm taking it personally. I'm not taking it personally. It might sound like it. And there may be somebody out there that says, oh, you're being emotional about it. I'm not being emotional about it. I have a standard. I have an expectation. I have a boundary around who is in my world. And you just said something so beautifully that I want to expand on because something I learned from my therapist, my first therapist, my original therapist that helped me through all the really dark times. You hold your hand out for somebody and they reach out and pull you into their hole. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why it's not that it's personal. It's that I'm not going to allow that anymore. And what showed up for me in the past, I made a statement to a person once upon a time. I'm going to give the whole scenario because I want to give the context to what I said before I say it. My therapist brought up a situation. And I'll I'll pose this to you. I think we've talked about it before, so you might know where I'm going with it, but I'm going to pose this to you. When you're in a really dark spot, right? You're in your hole. You're in that darkest spot. And you look around and you look over and you see a shovel. What do you do with it? Start digging. How? What do you you mean? How do you dig? How do you use the shovel? What do you do with it? You push it in the ground and And dig down into the hole. If you're creating one. No, no, no. You're already in your hole. The dark spot in your mind. Oh, got it, got it, got you're it. You're already oh, in the okay. dark spot sorry, in sorry, the I'm hole sorry, in your mind. <laughs> I was like, are we on We're flat not, ground or the hole? The goal is not to create a deeper hole. Got it. No. Stuff. Yeah, you're going to find a way out. So you're going to carve your path out. Okay. So give me an example of how you do the, use the shovel to carve your path out. Create steps upward. You create steps upward. So you're digging, okay. you're chiseling these steps into the side of your hole. Yep. You're almost to the top. And it caves in. So the steps don't work. What do you do now? Don't get up. The stairs don't work. You find a new way. What's the new way? How would you then, what would be the next avenue you take? This is a twister. Is anybody in your hole with you? No. This is you by yourself. By yourself. With a shovel. Just want to make sure I have all the context. You dug stairs. They collapsed on you. Stairs aren't going to work. What's your next move? So you stack dirt. So you're going to start digging dirt, creating a mound. Uh Uh-huh. To be able to get out of your hole, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so you get uh, this mound. You're like, oh, I think I can reach the top of the hole. You start climbing up this mound. And as you get almost, you reach up and the mound collapses. And you fall back down to the bottom of your hole. And now the dirt, instead of being under your feet, is waist deep. So you're waist deep in dirt. Every time you try a new method, you get buried further. And you're burying yourself more and more and more in the bottom of this hole. Okay. So you're waist deep in dirt. Two methods haven't worked. What do you do next? What's the next method you do to try to get out of your hole? I feel like we have talked about this and then we, we have drawn super bad blanks. So what, what's the it next method? It was a method? really long time ago. Yep. I think we were friends. Yep. Because I just gone through this with my therapist. Yeah. Oh, God, so I've done, I hate that I'm not. You've dug stairs. You've built a mound. How else would you try to use the shovel to get out? What other methods uh, do you, you use? Could, God, what's the word I'm looking for? I know you're asking another question. No, I'm asking this question. You, it's almost like you would use it as a stick it in, step up. Stick it in, step up. Okay. So you're going to use it kind of like a pickaxe when you're ice climbing, uh-huh. climbing an ice wall. Good. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you use that. So you almost get to the top. You hit the last one, the last rung, and it gives way. You fall. Okay, okay. Back into the dirt. Now you're neck deep. In All dirt. right. I'm getting impatient. Help me out here. Do you ever feel like when you're in your darkest spot, you keep trying to get out of it, but mm-hmm. you keep falling back into it? Do you correlate with that? Yes. So there are a lot of people that correlate with that logic of when I'm in my dark place, I try, I try, I try, I try, I try. No matter what I do, I keep falling back into the darkness and I can't get out of my hole. I can't get out of this dark spot. And a lot of people feel that way and they feel alone and they feel like every time they try, they bury themselves deeper. Okay. It's a terrible feeling, Mm -hmm. right? That's called depression. Okay. Right. That leads to those things that leads to anxiety that leads to giving up. 
when my therapist poses this to me, he asked, do you feel that way? I'm like, no, I don't correlate with that feeling of I can't get out of my hole because I came up with probably 20 to 25 different ways. I'll tunnel out at an angle. I'll dig. I'll form an angle. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do that. Yeah. I continued and was never defeated in the thing. And he got to the point. I was like, okay, I got your point. You're creative. Did you ever feel like you were stuck in your hole? I'm like, no, because the way I operate, I always get out of my hole. You always figure it out. I always figure it out, but I always break my negative mindset. So I don't correlate with I'm stuck in my hole. Okay. He's like, okay. So you get out of this dark space. You get out of your hole. You're refreshed. You're down in your hole for a day or two. You were depressed for a day or two. You get out of your hole. And now you're, oh, fresh air. Oh, my God. I'm out. I'm free. And you look around. What do you see? A bunch of other holes. A bunch of other holes. This is where I correlate with you. A bunch of other holes. You see a bunch of other holes. So you're like, oh, wow. The world is full of people that are in their hole and they can't get out of it. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, well. Try to save them. And I walk over. I look in the hole and I see somebody in there. And I jump in their hole. I make their problem my problem. Oh, yeah. We did. This is what I. I So I jump in the hole. I make their problem my problem. I reach down to give them a handout. And they pull me into their hole. He's like, okay, so now you have the solution. You know how to get out of your hole. You can definitely teach this person how to get out of their hole, how to get out of their dark mindset, how to feel alive again. I'm so excited because I know exactly where you're going with this. And this is what I interrupting it. Sorry. So you sit there and you teach the person. This is how I got in my hole. This is what I do. These are the tactics. Literally, these are the tactics I used. You teach this person. You're dedicated to invested in this person getting out of their dark space. And they say, no, I don't want your help. Or as you're climbing up the way you did to get out of your hole, they grab you by the foot and drag you back down. And there are psychological studies that have been done with everything from like monkeys to rats to show you can be conditioned to never let somebody around you succeed, you pull them back down because they're, it's really a fascinating thing. It's some sick shit. It's, but there are scientists that have done studies on different breeds attached to you can condition the mind to never let one succeed. It's crazy. And that's how we've been conditioned to not let others around us succeed. The jealousy the upset, the lack of support. What's the best thing you can do for a friend that is starting a company? A, a new friend that just launched a new business. Buy their buy from them. Yes. Right. But there are people Easy. that won't do that because they don't want to support. So stupid. Or they ask for a favor. Hey, can I pick your brain? But I do this for a living. Yeah, but let me just pick your brain. It's not a big deal. We're friends. There are people that take advantage of that consistently and they want to drag you into that nonsense. Right. So going back to the example of the holes, the statement I said to a person, I know you're in a dark space right now because I was in my learning healing phase. I know you're in a hole right now. It's okay. And this is before I I had this session with my therapist, before everyone through. I know you're in a dark spot right now. I will sit here in the dark with you until you decide to take action. The exact thing I said two weeks later, I went through that same experience with my therapist. He's like, so you're the one that no matter what will stay in somebody else's shit just to make sure they're not alone. I'm like, absolutely. I I feel so alone. I never want somebody else to feel that way. And his exact framing, it is not your problem. You will forever sabotage yourself by making other people's problems your problem. So you have to learn. And you say this so well all the time. I tell this whole story to get to what you say so well. You have to learn how to love people where they're at, but leave them there. Mm-hmm. And I perfectly correlate to the people that didn't show up for the weekend, mm-hmm. that asked to be there as a favor, didn't show up, got you. I'm not taking it personally, but I'm not doing you any more favors. Until you show up and show me you're willing to take action and being part of what's happening, 
And I apply this to a partner, a spouse, a business partner, a client. You can apply this across the board. Until I see you show up, I'm going to love you where you are, but I'm going to step away. And it sucks. I've done it with family. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. this. Yep. That's right? a hard one. It is so difficult. But your family, the ones closest to you, are the first ones to judge and criticize. And I've seen it across the board. They don't mean it as judgment. They don't mean it as criticism. But across the board, consistently, the first person to criticize you is the person closest to you in your family. And they see it as constructive. They see it as trying to help you. But they say something, and it's like, well, you could have done this, this, and this better. Well, you've never done it. How can you give me advice on that? And it drives me nuts to see, one, that happen, but two, to have one of my shining star people be affected by that. (laughs) And it drives me nuts because that right there is what drove me. It, It hurts. It hurt me. I had a family member. I rewind a couple of years ago. I'm on a road trip. I just traveled to get paid to speak at a thing. The week before, I had sold 20K in one hour, my best one hour in business up to that point, made 20K in an hour. The launch, the second iteration, the second quarter of business builders, 20K in one hour, crushed the exact feedback. Well, Zachary, you know, You should probably fill out your resume because it can go just as quick as it got there. You'll lose it just as quick as you got it. I know who said that to you. I had another situation. Was offered eight figures for one of my companies. I'm hyped. I turn it down. There's so many things happening. The exact feedback from different part of my family. You know, Zach, you need to probably update your resume and think about getting a job just in case. And while people think that that's a supportive thing in their mind, oh, I'm just looking out and I'm worried about you. That is one of the most destructive things you could say to a a family member. Ah, What you're doing is not working. Make sure you're ready to get a job. It's also like a form of unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. I didn't ask you for it. I'm having a conversation with you. You've asked me what's going on. Just talk to me a little bit because I usually frame around it. No, 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 please tell me more. And I tell you that, and that's what you say back. That is so destructive. And partners do it all the time. Spouses do it all the time. Family members do it all the time. Your closest friends do it all the time. The people that are not of this world do it all the time. And they don't, it it doesn't register. They don't mean to be mean. They don't mean to be awful. Yeah. But for me, I've created boundaries around that. Mm -hmm. I've gone off on a soapbox about all of this because I'm (laughs) so passionate about this piece. And I want everybody to understand how damaging that can be if you allow it to continue. I think that's also goes into, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, is, and I say this when I hear it, because I can't imagine you saying it to me or me defending it. Oh, it's just not his thing. And maybe that's because we have always been there for each other. We are I'm so blessed. Like, thank you. I'm so grateful. But I always like hear that, oh, you know, he just, it's not his thing. Or he was like really tired from the travels. And I'm like, I don't fucking care how tired I am. I will crawl in a room for you. What's really disappointing as I think about it, I'm going to take that statement back. I was about to say, and honestly, it might be true, but, but I'd be curious to analyze it more. I think men are the biggest offender in that. I think more often than not, the female of the relationship shows up. Well, they're not just their thing. They show up to be present. And I don't know if it's like the nurturing instinct of a woman, but thinking through. Yeah. Unless there's a significant reason. Like, yeah. The people that we know that were males that showed up without their wives kids, or whatever, they were like, I mean, like, all of them have couldn't kids. get a babysitter. Right. Like it was. Or, I mean, and to be honest, it's like cost prohibitive. Yeah. Not only do you have to find a, somebody to sit the kids for the weekend, you also have to double travel expenses, double hotel expenses, all yeah, these things, right? Yeah. Ends up being a lot. So there are reasons there. The men that didn't show up. I just, I think to myself, like, it's such a rewarding thing to hear you say, that's my girl up there. Do y'all see her? And you're like excited for me. Oh yeah. That she's mine. Like, do y'all see her? Even when I post something, you'll like comment. 
and it's like kind of stepping in and like pissing on my leg. You know how you always marking my territory. But it's like it's such an attractive thing because it's like, of course, you want your man to say that. You want your woman to say that. Like, hi. Like, insert yourself. Being possessive of your partner is not a bad thing. It's so awesome. Like, that's my girl. Like, I'm so excited to show her off. Y'all see her? And I'm going to let you know I'm standing right here. Like, a poster board is like, I love her. I'm so glad you're winning. And then you look at the guys who didn't try. I'm like, why are you not excited for your... I'm saying guys because of... Just just what we've experienced. Just using the examples very recently, too. Yeah. I mean, this happens both ways, so... Whoever the listeners are, please don't think it's not a male. I'm going to call guys out. But it, it is a lot more likely in our world for the guys that show up. And I'm like, bro, like this could go so many ways. One, she's crushing it. Even when she's not, she needs you. And that goes for both. And two, like she's doing so fucking well right now. I'd be worried if I were you. Because somebody's going to steal her beautiful ass. Like she's doing amazing. No, 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 no. That's the wrong. A man is not going to think in those ways. So to talk to the men out there, I understand your perspective. I understand what you're saying. Are you correct? Yes. Men aren't going to hear what you just said. But I, I, I think that like towards you, I'm like, but yes, you're yeah, yeah, so but, amazing. But, but hang on. You're speaking from the female perspective. I imagine women are going to understand what you just said. I want to speak to the male perspective of that. Please do. Men, I very rarely use this phrase. Man the fuck up. This is an avenue of where chivalry is failing us as a society. I will be the first one to say chivalry is dead, not because it isn't a thing, but because it's not appreciated to the extent it should be. We've talked about this in the past. I don't think chivalry is actually dead. I think it's underappreciated. But this is one of those things that's significant enough where if your woman is putting herself out there to that extent, man the fuck up and show up. Yeah. Right? There are very few times I will invoke that of man up and show up. I don't necessarily believe it. I'm not a Goggins follower, believer. Everything Goggins says I think is really toxic. I'm not normally that guy. So for me to say that, I'm that passionate about like man up and be proud of your woman by being present. Because at the end of the day, the biggest impact, and you've taught this to me more than I could ever actually articulate or probably understand the one thing that you value the most is presence. Be there, show up, be present in the moment, right? Time. Mm -hmm. You value that. I think most women could correlate to that. Mm -hmm. They just want time. They want present. And now there are times where, and we've talked about it. If he's out hustling, he's the breadwinner, he's doing this and that, and he misses the softball game. You have to be empathetic yes. to that. Don't complain about that. But if you're sitting at the house on your ass, on the sofa, and your girl's out there hustling, mm-hmm. and you're chilling, you're not being a good man in that moment. I also think, like, regardless of the breadwinner, situationally, like, if you're not, like, let's say I'm out there hustling, and you've been hustling, and you're the breadwinner, but I'm speaking over the weekend, and you could, that's a choice. You can be there. You're actually physically able to be there, regardless if you're the breadwinner or not, like you show up for your person. And there's a piece of it, right? If you're a nine to fiver, you're out there, you're smoked or you're traveling or you're doing your thing and you don't want to be there for three days. Understandable. Yeah. But for that freaking four hours around the time that she's on stage, show up. Yeah. There is, there are no words that can express the impact of that value that I believe a woman would see. And it really disappoints me to see that men won't do that. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw that. I've seen that. And I'm glad that we're different. I appreciate that so much. I think that's something that a lot of people comment on us about mm-hmm. how supportive we are, even though mm-hmm. we give us, we give so much shit to each other, but it's all like funny. And, and we've had people multiple times you're like oh wow that's a real power couple there well to an extent but our power feeds from passion and sometimes that passion ends up being headbutting of each other literally two bulls literally but also that passion means i'm the only one that can fuck with you if somebody else steps on like and i think that's like i get that from the military right oh i'm gonna mess with my dude but if anybody else fucks with them 
game over. I think you have that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk shit to my friend. But if I hear anybody else start some shit, oh, game over. Right. Right. And I think we both have that value system. Right. I'm going to talk shit to you. Might be a dick to you. But if I see anybody else doing it, they're probably not going to survive it. 100%. 100% agree. Yes. So we're right at like an hour. I went totally on a tangent. I want to break away from this for a second. And I just came up with this idea while we were talking. The way we've normally done the Tactical Leader podcast, there's been an interview on Monday, Wednesday's a solo cast, Friday are the tactics, right? I want to break away. I want to end this portion. We'll air this on a Monday or a Tuesday. It's a long episode to dive into the week. And I want to send off the audience from this, and then we'll come back on to do our questions. And that'll be our Tactical Friday. And we'll leave the Tactical Friday for this paper. Yeah, I want it. It's fine. You can have it when I'm done with it. But we can send people off from here for the long episode for the Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Hopefully Mondays. And then we'll come back for a Tactical Friday. This is something to think about for the week. And Tactical Friday will be here the questions that we brought appreciation toward each other for use these for date night tonight or this weekend. What do you think? You went so far in that. I do you mean follow my lead. Follow me lead. Yeah, Give I'm me, like such a squirrel. Yeah, you are. Give us a send off where they can find us, how they can find us, where they can follow us. Words of wisdom. But also all the things are about to die. They're almost done out of yeah, battery. Show up for your person. That looks a lot of different ways. Show up for your person, even if it means a phone call. I said on the last podcast, I so mean it. The little things matter. Do them. It is a choice. At the end of the day, it is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice to show up for yourself. When you do that, a lot more things come a whole lot easier to do it for other people, especially your partner. And I can't hone in on that anymore. One thing that I know we'll talk about later is something one of my greatest mentors a coach of mine, he said, you have a target on your back. You are your own brand, but also what other brands are you representing? And what that means to me today is the target on your back, you are representing yourself as an entrepreneur, your own brand, so your business, the way you walk into a room, talk to people, being kind, the simplest thing you can do, but also your coaches and mentors, your parents, your spouse or significant other, the way you act and represent them, that target's still on your back. So that's something to think about, like, are you doing those things? I'm not one to say, oh my gosh, I care what everybody thinks about me, but I am one to fully believe in my beliefs and value systems. And that is a strong one. You can't fight me on it. Are you actually representing yourself and your person and the people who have guided you to whatever level you're at and trying to go beyond right now? Are you actually representing that the right way. What? You're getting a good soapbox. Oh God. It hits me so hard. I it hits this weekend. But we're at time. I but wish, I wish but we were at time. It. Yeah. I, know, I hate I that know. we didn't get to go over that. Well, we had good content. Yeah. So as I said, you gave the word of wisdom. Next par- time guys. Paragraph. Where can people find you, find us, find the things? You know, it's funny. I always mix my two Instagrams up. So search Taylor Merritt, Daddy Tay Fit, Daddy Tay Fit, Ness underscore dtf yeah i always do it it's like as i guess my zach a knight taylor merritt i think we're gonna put taylor a merritt and we're gonna be tam and zan not zam oh i'm not taking your name yeah you are tacky and zacky call me daddy for a reason anyways zach a knight catch me on ig linkedin taylor merritt daddy tay fitness dtf daddy tay fit you name it. It's, I'm there. I'm the first two of the drop. Go find her. IG is going to be our big spot, I think, for this one. I think this hits harder on IG. And then come catch our episode on Friday. We're going to talk the tactics. Go over our questions. Short 15-minute episode or less. Things to take into the weekend. All right. Good job. Peace out. Just bump. Shine me. Snail. You got to come up with a different one. <laughs> Much love, people. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. 
If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.